are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt. We are coming to you on September 21st of 2021. This is going to be episode 53 of the podcast. Uh, we got a cycle to talk about today. We have a record set for the most homers in a season by a catcher ever uh we had a pitcher join the 200 win club uh, and then we're going to go through the the series that we had broke down last week give you guys what happened in those and some key series to look forward to this week and then of course uh you know ending off the episodes with players of the week but before we get into all that let's bring in matt how are you doing good pretty good uh had a had a pretty nice week just uh watching a lot of sports um you know, I was I was going to start off with a little fun fact. I, was, you know, I live in on the Gulf Coast state. I'm always paying attention to to the uh, to the you know the hurricane season this time of year, and I thought it was funny related to the podcast. That there's a there's two uh, tropical storms out there right now. They're not anywhere near land, but just keeping an eye on it. Uh, the the names of them are Peter and Rose. So it's back to back. It's like Pete Rose. So I thought that was kind of funny, uh, kind of related to baseball. But anyways, everything's been good this week. And uh, just uh, looking forward to the last couple weeks of the regular season. It's, it's been it's going to be exciting. So uh, how have you been this week? This week has been something. We are currently in the process at my house of getting an AC done on the house. So we've been without a cooler or anything for the past two days so if you guys hear some fans in the background i'm sorry it's currently 95 degrees outside and we don't have any ac or cooler or anything so we got a, a bunch of fans going around trying to keep everybody cool right now but outside of that it's a it's been a, a you know a pretty fun week in the sports world i mean college football was insane this weekend uh some really big baseball series was really fun to watch you know the the, uh, which we'll get into more, but the Atlanta and San Francisco game on Friday night was really, really fun to watch. I mean, I didn't like it as much as a Dodger fan, but that was a fantastic game. Um, and just overall, the, it seems like the baseball world has had some really great games the past couple uh, or this past weekend or so. So it's been really exciting for that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But we'll, uh, we'll just start with it was part of that Atlanta and San Francisco series, and that's Eddie Rosario hitting for the cycle. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. This was the fourth cycle of the season. Two of them have been hit by the Atlanta Braves. The first one from Freddie Freeman uh, outside of Atlanta. Other other cycles were Jake Cronenworth and Trey Turner before the trade. So Nationals Trey Turner earlier this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm looking a little deeper into Rosario. After he got to Atlanta, which he, he was injured with, with Cleveland, he, he had a little bit of a rough start with Cleveland, but uh, post injury, uh, since he's come back, he has a 196 WRC plus with Atlanta, uh, which is pretty insane. He's played 20 games at six homers. Um, you know, he's playing at a very high level right now, and uh, you know that's been very welcome for for the Braves. But uh, you know, hit for the cycle the other day. Uh, you know, just killing it right now. Hit another homer last night, but it was really important for the Braves to win that game on Sunday against San Francisco because. They had gotten the lead had shrunk down to like a game and a half and they had to win that game to, to keep the, you know, to keep their lead in the, in the division. So uh, that was a really big win. And uh, Rosario is a large part of that. Yeah. And it would have been big if they wouldn't have got a win in that with, um, you know, if San Francisco would have went ahead and swept that series, which we'll, I know we'll talk more about that later, but the, uh, it was, it was a big, massive 
you know, they needed that game on, on Sunday so that they can have some momentum going into. And, of course, they're facing Arizona right now, so that was going to help them get some momentum. But to go into San Francisco versus a good team like that, you know, and you consider your guys a, a playoff team as well, the, to get swept by them would have hurt a lot. So it was big time. And, and Eddie Rosario having that performance, you know, when you guys needed it was uh, was pretty clutch from him. Yeah, no doubt. That was a really big deal. So let's go ahead and move on to Salvador Perez. Um, this season's been absolutely insane, but he set the record for the most homers by a catcher in a season ever. Uh, he tied Johnny Bench earlier in the week, uh, and then I believe it was yesterday he actually broke the record. Um, that's 46 homers in one season by a catcher. Yeah, so Salvador Perez had such an interesting year. Very, very strange year, really. Um, the 46 home runs, crazy. He's actually two away from, from uh, 200 on his career, by the way. Um, you know, it's one of those things like he has a, he's, he's, he's got 46 home runs, but he's got a 129 WRC plus because he just never walks. Like he, his own base percentage is only 317, never walks. And he's one of the worst defensive catchers in the game at this stage. Like he is a negative 9.4 defensive value and he's really not good at any metric on any style, it, you know, whether it's framing, throwing out base runners, blocking, receiving, there's really not much that he's been good at defensively this year. But, uh, you know, which, you know, for a guy who, you know, when he came up was a pretty good defensive catcher, you know, 3.5 war, basically all defensive in 2013, um, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to see, but, um, you know, the 46 home runs is incredibly impressive, um, regardless of, you know, what you're doing in the field. So, um, it's very, very good, good to see. It's fun to watch Salvador Perez. I think a lot of people were surprised when he went to the home run derby earlier this year. And, uh, you know, he's obviously shown that that wasn't a bad decision because he did well there and he's just been hitting home runs all year. So, uh, Definitely a interesting power breakout at age 31. Yeah, and he really took off after that home run derby that you're talking about. I'm trying to look up the exact number right now um, of what he did so far in the second half. But just to put into perspective that he, you know, we're talking about it's, it's a great season, but he's now tied for the major league lead with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the lead in homers. So, like, you've heard us talk all year about Vlad Jr. And then now, you know, Perez is right up there with him. Uh, in the second half, he has 25 homers so far in 61 yeah. games. Yeah, as compared to 21 and 89 in, games in the first yeah. half. Oh. Yeah, very interesting. I think uh, you look at, um, you know, he hit 12 in August, and he's hit 8 in September already. And, you know, first 21 days of September, which for him has been 20 games. So um, definitely uh, impressive stuff from Salvador Perez uh, this year at the plate. Uh, you know, with his power. I mean, you know, like I say, pretty much he's pretty much become like a. He's like if Mark Trumbo could somewhat play catcher, <laughs> and I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. As I mean, his defensive value is about the same. So yeah, um, you know, he doesn't walk a lot, doesn't get on bases. I mean, he, you know, three seventeen on base is horrible, but um, low average on base guy. But you know, hitting home runs like crazy. So. Uh, good for him though. That, that's really cool, and you know, for a team in Kansas City that hasn't had a ton to cheer about, you know, it's definitely something to keep watch the watch the Royals for, which is always a good thing. So, yeah, and like you said, it's definitely a power breakout. His 
career high before this season was 27, two years. It was in 2017 and 2018. So it's definitely a, a big jump for him so far within the power category. Yeah, yeah one, one thing to, to mention on the power thing too is that last year he only played 37 games coming off his, uh, I think it was an ACL injury in 2019 that kept yeah. him out for the season. And he only played in 37 games. He had 11 homers in those 37 games last year. So some of this power might have been starting to show up last year or some. And uh, this year it's become, you know, legit, like maybe even 50 home run power if he can have a good final week to the season. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past it the way he's been launching them out the past uh, past couple months. So, But let's go ahead and jump on. Um, next to, we're going to jump to John Lester getting his career 200th win yesterday as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, now, now of the St. Louis Cardinals, I should say. Yeah, John. John Lester's a guy who, uh, you know, for his career has been obviously an excellent pitcher. Um, you know, had all those great years in Boston. Uh, probably more famous, although he was probably better in Boston, probably more famous for, for his, you know, work with the Chicago Cubs, in which, you know, he helped them break their World Series drought. Um, you know, always been a guy who, you know, good good strikeout pitcher, uh, you know, 8.1 strikeouts per nine, pretty good control um, you know, gets, has gotten the ball on the ground for his, for most of his career. Uh, the last three years have been very iffy uh, from, from John Lester. He's aging, um, you know, signed early with the uh, Washington Nationals this year and just didn't, didn't do very much, you know, didn't do very much for them. But uh, he's been, um, you know, he, he it's, it's very, very nice, uh, very nice to see him start ramping up those accolades. Uh, you know, a guy who, um, you know, has been, you know, for his career has been, um, you know, just a very good pitcher. And uh, honestly, you know, ERA wise, he's been better for St. Louis than he was for Washington. His peripherals are similar, but uh, you know, this is a guy who probably in maybe in his last year or two, um, he's not signed next year. So uh, I don't know if somebody will pick him up or, you know, if he wants to, if he wants to play next year. Uh, so, but it's interesting to see, um, and it's it's really cool to see him get get that milestone here. But could possibly be his last year. Um, he is also he's only 22 strikeouts from 2,500 on his career as well. So that might be another uh, milestone to look for. And although, you know, with only maybe maybe two starts left this year, uh, I guess maybe he could get three starts. That might be tough to reach. 22 strikeouts, um, most likely two starts. So. He'd have to have a he'd have to have his two best starts of the year strikeout wise to get there, but he probably needs more like four starts to get to that number. But um, regardless, um, you know it's been a fantastic career, and you know you never know he might he might catch on to a team next year uh, for his age thirty eight season. Yeah, he absolutely could. Um, just one note that he's he's tied for one hundred and sixteenth all time um, on the wins list. There's uh, at two hundred exactly. There's only three active players um, in the majors that are on this list of over 200 wins, and that's John Lester's the third, obviously. Uh, Zach Grinke at 219, and Justin Verlander at 226 are the only other active MLB players um, yeah, on that list. How close is Max Scherzer to that? Scherzer is 10 wins away, and Kershaw okay. is 15 wins away. Yeah, so they'll probably both get it next year. Uh, 15 
15 is borderline, but I mean, Kershaw will 100% for sure get it at some point. And yeah. I would assume that Scherzer, if he continues what he's done this year, will will yeah. hit that milestone next year. So, And he's probably um, got at least two more starts in him, maybe three even. Yeah, he'll he'll get to, you know, he'll, you know, if he goes, if he gets one win in those two, um, you know, he'll get to, he'll get close. So yeah. uh, in the days of, and, and obviously, you know, we talk about wins as not something that we, um, you know, it's not a great statistic for, you know, when it comes to pitching wins, obviously wins and losses as a team are the most important statistic, but pitching wins and losses are, you know, not, not that big of a deal to me, but, um, you know, it still shows that, I mean, it's, you know, you have to be a good pitcher to get to 200 wins. I mean, you're not going to get that, you know, getting one or two wins based off of luck is something that, you know, it's 100% going to happen, but getting to 200 means you have to have pitched long enough in the big leagues and pitched well enough to have your team win a lot of games. You can't just luck your way into that. So, um, you know, good stuff from John Lester pitching a lot of good teams, um, you know, and it's good. Congrats to him. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh, he's been, he's been an interesting guy to watch throughout his career and especially with everything that happened in Boston, um, with his cancer and then being able to come back as a survivor from all that. It's, he's always been a guy you root for because of that. So, very happy that he got his 200th uh, career win for sure. Uh, so one other thing we wanted to mention it's not a it's not a massive deal, but it could it could have impact in the playoffs um, potentially, and that's Carlos Rodon. Uh, he ended up leaving his game yesterday with some shoulder soreness. Uh, the White Sox haven't said too much about it, other than that they're going to let him try and start on the 29th and see how he go how it is from there, and if he you know something that they don't think he's right then then they'll shut him down, um, or if he's good, then they'll just go ahead and let him go. But I, I expect that start to at least be abbreviated. Um, but he's a big part for that White Sox rotation, uh, you know, behind Giolito and Lance Lynn. So if he misses any time going into the playoffs at all, that could be a big deal for them. Yeah, so th- this White Sox rotation, I don't think people quite realize exactly how good it is. Um, they have, out of the top ten, and wins above replacement if out of pitchers, they have four out of the top ten uh, that have pitched at least 120 innings. They got Giolito. Dylan Cease has actually been up there and, and wins above replacement as well. Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon at 127 innings has actually been their top guy. 4.8 war in just 127 innings. On a rate base, you know, he's like been the best pitcher in the American League this year. So, um, you know, that's very, very good, very interesting stuff. He was non-tendered last offseason, and, uh, you know, that was pretty crazy that, you know, he's come back at the way he has healthy this year. But with Carlos Rodon, shoulder soreness is something you worry about with the amount of times he's been injured in his career. So that was his downfall before, and uh, you hope that he's – you hope that this is precautionary, which I would assume it probably is. I don't think they're, you know, if there's any potential even fatigue in his shoulder, they're going to sit him down at this point because they're a lot for the division right now. And, uh, you know, even if he does miss some time, you know, when you've got four of the top ten in war in the American League on your one rotation, then, you know, it's not quite as big of a deal as some other teams. Like if, you know, like if New York lost Garrett Cole or if Boston lost Nate Evaldi, you know, it, it, it's it's not quite as big of a deal, but it's still a huge deal. And, you know, obviously you want to see Carlos Rodon healthy. Yeah, you really do. He's been really, really fun to watch this year. 
um, especially after, like you said, getting non-tender and then convincing the White Sox to give him one more chance and to prove that he could you know, be a really good major league pitcher and then kind of taking that opportunity and running with it and uh, somebody that can make himself a lot of money this offseason. So good for Carlos Rodon. Hopefully he's healthy and hopefully he's in that rotation for uh, come playoffs for the White Sox. No doubt. Let's go ahead and, and jump into our uh, series breakdowns. Let's jump to the series that happened this past week. Um, we'll start with San Francisco versus the Padres, which was in San Francisco for four. Um, they ended up splitting that series 2-2. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that was a pretty big deal. Uh, the Padres, you know, are, you know, they're still reeling. And getting two wins out of that series was really important for them. Um it's really tough right now just to envision, to envision the Padres making it to the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, they really, you know, and, and one of the other series that happened this weekend was a bigger deal than that. Split 2-2 probably kept them alive, uh, being able to split with the Giants last week. But, um, you know, you look at the, the Padres and, you know, they're really going to struggle. I mean, they got a tough schedule remaining. We'll talk about both of their series they have going on this week. You know, when we talk about our series, uh, you know, our, our important series coming up for the, for the, for this week. And, uh, you know, they, there's a legit chance they fall under 500 to finish the season. So, um, but that was really tough for them. And, uh, you know, the, the Giants probably would have liked to have won three out of four of that, you know, trying to hang on to the NL West. Um, they got a one game lead right now. So, uh, you know, splitting that series probably, you know, wasn't the result they were looking for, but, you know, when you're trying to hold off the defending champions and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. So, um, but I mean, you know, winning two out of two is not going to kill you. And, uh, obviously, you know, it didn't kill the giants or the Padres, uh, you know, to, to split that. No, it, it, what, it was actually really good for the Padres to win that last two games because they had just come off getting swept by the Dodgers, went into San Francisco and lost the first two games. So they were on a five, you know a five game losing streak to the two teams ahead of them in the division, and the two you know teams that they're trying to fight. They have to beat these teams a bunch in the second the this last little runs of the season. I think they still have six or seven games against the Padres. They still have another or against the Giants. My bad. Uh, and then they still have another series against the Dodgers in L.A. and the uh, Braves and the the Braves, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But uh, it they so they really needed that confidence boost. Although what didn't help is then they went into the weekend and got swept by the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, and that's the killer because the Cardinals are now the or the Cardinals are the team they're battling for the one of the teams they're battling for that wild card spot. And uh, you know if you sweep the Cardinals, if it flips the series the other way around, then the Padres are sitting there and you know in in the wild card um, or right on the edge of it still. But losing three games to the Cardinals just killed them. I think that might have ended their season. Um, you know, they're four games back with less than two weeks to play. I'm facing a uh, lot of Giants, Dodgers, and Braves. Yeah, they got a lot of tough games left. I, you know, that that that's what did it did them in. They had to they had to win that series against the Cardinals. They had to if they wanted to make the playoffs. And that that's that's that'll do it for the Padres, in my opinion. I mean, they're not officially eliminated, but that's you know, they that, would have they would have to go on a run and get a lot of help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four games back, you, you know, you, yeah, you're at this right. stage. I mean, yeah, you, you don't, 
with the, they would have to win just about every game they have left. Plus, because they also have the Reds in front of them, so they've got two teams in front of them. So you know, if the you could envision if it was just one team in front of them, you could say, oh well, maybe the Cardinals lose four games in a row, the Padres win four games in a row, or something. But like the Reds are also there, so it's gonna be hard for that to, for both of them to lose a bunch of games in a row. So. Yeah. Uh, and then not to mention the fact that the Phillies are right behind them and the Mets are not, well, the Mets are a few games behind them, but the Phillies are right behind them too by half game. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be really tough for the, really, really tough for the Padres to, 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 uh, to make the playoffs at this stage. Yeah. And I just wanted to glance at it so I can actually know, um, which we can talk about this more in future episodes, but they don't face a losing team the rest of the season. They literally face San Francisco Braves, Dodgers, San Francisco. Yeah, I so mean that, the, you know, and, and, you know, all three of those teams are in the midst of a playoff chase too, or a, a wild a division chase. I mean, the Giants have clinched going to the playoffs. The Dodgers, I think, can tonight. They've they already win. clinched going to the playoffs. I mean, the Dodgers have clinched going to the playoffs. So, like, both of those teams have, and then the Braves, are, but, the, but they're battling for that ability to not have a one-game play-in game basically mm-hmm. and then the the braves are battling for their division so you're not going to be facing teams that you know you would think that maybe, maybe if the dodgers or the giants had like a 10 game lead with their record right now that maybe they you know are letting a couple of young guys get a start resting some players that kind of thing where you could take advantage of it but that's not the case this year no not at all they uh, both of these or all three of these teams are going to be going for it 100 percent um but then we'll look at one of the other series. We'll jump over to the AL, at least for now. Um, that's Tampa Bay and Toronto, which we'll talk about them even more coming up because they have a big series again this week. Uh, but Toronto took two of the three. Are you there? Yes. No, sorry. I don't know if we lost you there or not. No, I'm here. Oh. Well, um, what do you think about Toronto and Tampa Bay for Toronto taking two of the three? Yeah, so uh, Toronto, um, you know, uh, Toronto is, is they're right in that right in the edge. I mean, the Rays, you know, their their magic number is down to five to win the division. They're gonna win the division. Um, uh, you know, the Blue Jays have got to fight off the Yankees, the Mariners, the uh, the uh, the A's. I mean, there's a bunch of teams in that AL wild card race and you know, they've got to find ways to win some of these games late, which their offense has been so good lately. They've been able to, to, to they've been able to, you know, take advantage and, and really chase them down. But, you know, they're not up by much. So they got to win as many as they can. And the Rays are kind of in that position, like I was talking about, you know, typically you would see like a hundred win Dodger team be in the position where they're resting player. They could rest players. They could, you know, let let a couple young guys start start games at, at you know pit starting pitching, um, you know, but they're not really quiet there yet. But um, you know, the Blue Jays, you know, got to take advantage and uh, you know, uh, it's very interesting what, what what's going on in that division. Yeah, so the run that Toronto has been on lately is to you know to even get themselves back into a conversation. I mean, there was at one point in the season where we were kind of almost writing them off of saying like it's going to be really really hard for them to to make the playoffs at all even in a wild card spot and they've thrust themselves to where right now they are you know sitting in that second wild card spot tied with the Yankees waiting on the the result of tonight's games but uh really big for Toronto to win that 
Um, but like you said, that whole division, I mean, Boston is a game and a half above them. The Yankees are right there and they're going to be facing all of each other, you know, kind of through this stretch run. I mean, Toronto's facing Tampa Bay again. I think they still have another series against Boston. Um, and Boston and the Yankees have another series against each other. So it's going to be big for, for Toronto if they want to be able to make the playoffs um, to keep beating, especially the the uh, Rays right now. Um, but staying in that division this past week, the Red Sox went against the Seattle Mariners um, for three, and they took two out of those three. Yeah, so... Um... You know the the Red Sox or the the Mariners needed to to win a couple of those games. They they've got to keep pace. They're the team that's behind right now, and um, you know the Red Sox kind of weathered their COVID storm and they were able to to get a couple big wins there against the Mariners. Help them kind of cement their spot in the wild card. Obviously they haven't locked it up yet or anything, but um, you know the fact that they were able to win a couple of those games at least helped them put some distance on one of those contenders. So that was a big deal for them. Yeah, it really was. And it, it really, it really hurt Seattle's chances. Um, you know, if they could have taken two of those three out of Boston, then you'd be talking about, they'd only be, you know, two games out of the wild card at the, at this moment, um, you know, with some tough series that they're facing the A's um, right now. Um, and that would, you know, that would be the battle for the second wild card potentially. Um, if they were able to take two of the three out from that Boston series. So hopefully Seattle can get it done, though. It's been forever since they get in the playoffs, and uh, I really want to see them get back because they're, yeah, uh, they're definitely a fun team when they're good. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that a team that won 89 games, 87 games, and 86 games three years in a row uh, didn't make the playoffs at least one of those years. So, uh, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for them. It's been a long time, but it looks like right now, you know, they're kind of on the outside looking in and, and another close race for, for, you know, another close miss. So, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the series between the Dodgers and the Reds that was in Cincinnati with L.A. taking two of the three from them. Yeah. So uh, you'll, you could probably tell me tell more about what happened in this series. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Dodgers trying to chase down the Giants. I mean, what you can do if you're the Dodgers is just keep winning and hope the Giants you know, don't win. And, uh, you know, they won two out of three against the pretty good team. So, um, you know, I, I think that's acceptable for them, you know, against the good team, tough, tough games and to win two out of three, uh, for the reds, they really needed to, I mean, you know, they were able to keep pace with that series, but you know, some of their other, some of their other series recently have really hurt them in the in the you know in the division or in the wild card in a wild card and uh, you know I wouldn't consider losing two out of three to the Dodgers. The fact that you were able to pick up one game out of that series is very, uh, very you know, very good and and to not get swept because you would you know when you play the Dodgers this year you're hoping to get one and you know they were able to do that but you know losing series to some of the other teams they've lost to recently has been the downfall for them and the reason they're currently on the outside looking in yeah they've struggled against the pirates um especially a lot as of recently um but th for that series this weekend luis castillo looked lights out on friday night um he had like 10 strikeouts i believe and just was looked pretty much unhittable for the time he was in there um and then on uh, saturday max scherzer was it was a good game between Scherzer and uh, Sonny Gray. I think Sonny had like 30 pitches through three innings. It was something ridiculous. Um, and then they ended up working his pitch count. Uh, Sunday was, it was big for the Dodgers because they got Clayton Kershaw back. 
and he looked really, really good. Uh, he looked like a vintage Clayton Kershaw again. Um, so if if there he wasn't quite stretched out all the way, um, this was his second start coming off the IL. He they pushed him more to a five innings this time, um, and he seemed to bounce back really well off his first start. So if if they can get Kershaw back on top of Bueller and Scherzer and Urias, um, you know, going into the playoffs, it is only going to be a one a one game playoff if they only get the wild card. But if they can go into another, uh, if they're able to win that wild card game, if they are in it and go to an NLDS, it's not like they're going to be really be at much of a disadvantage if they have three of those guys getting ready for that series. Yeah. So, um, definitely big deal. Kershaw coming back for the Dodgers helps, um, you know, and they obviously have a, you know, they obviously have four guys that, that can really throw in that uh, rotation right now. So, uh, but moving on, uh, the, the next series we had was the Giants and the Braves. Um, the Giants, as, as we talked about with the Dodgers, that went in two out of three versus the Reds. The Giants responded by winning two out of three versus the Braves, who, you know, are probably in a, are in a better situation than the Reds. The Braves trying to hold on to the division lead. It had really started to shrink down. Um Picking up the win on Sunday, as we talked about earlier, with the Rosario cycle, was was a really big deal for the Braves to to go out west, to go to the San Francisco and, and take one against the team with the best record in baseball. Um, and the Giants were able to win two out of three against a good team uh, to keep pace with what the Dodgers did over the weekend and to answer that and to you know hold their one game lead. So um, definitely a big deal there. Yeah, and then that Friday night game could have gone either way. It was a it was a really back and forth game. I think it was the Giants had the lead, and then Darno hit a, a go ahead homer, and then Donovan Solano, like on the last strike, hit a uh, hit a game tying game tying homer in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, and then they go to extras, and neither of them score in the tenth. Um, the Braves don't score in the eleventh, and then Kevin Gossman of all people hits a walk off sacrifice fly. Yeah, it was a uh, you know the Braves all year struggled badly in extra innings just getting a hit like it, it's been insane i mean i know that i know that the uh there's been other teams that have struggled in extra innings but i mean i don't think any of them have hit as poorly as the braves have in extra innings and, you know it's kind of a microcosm of what's kept the braves from being really good this year is you know the bullpens held them back and you know will smith gives giving up home runs i mean it it's unreal how many home runs he's given up this year as for a reliever so uh, you know that was that was unfortunate for Atlanta because you know they could have that could have put them up by you know they'd be up by four four and a half games right now so uh, you know this series was interesting because the the lead in the East got down to like one one and a half games and the Braves had to win Sunday to keep their lead really and then the um, and they were able to do that and, and the Phillies uh, struggled to struggled their last couple games so uh, definitely an interesting series fun to watch it was another series that. That the Braves have played and the Giants have played that a lot of one-run games and close games that you know late games too. So uh, you know that's been kind of the you know both of those teams, the fortunes of them. The Giants have won all their one-run games. The Braves have not won their one-run games for the most part. So uh, that's a big difference between those two teams right there, record-wise. But uh, but moving on, uh, the last one you know we talked about the you know with the Cardinals sweeping the sweeping the Padres uh, really. A, uh, you know, that was the series that probably ended the Padres season, in my opinion. 
Yeah, we, we talked a lot about the Padres. Yeah. And it's gonna and it, it kind of groups in with what well, we can move on to how these Nick this week series, and that's that the Giants and Padres are facing for three right now. Um, first game just actually started, um, and that's gonna be in San Diego for three. Uh, it's this. I mean, the Padres. I mean, we might as well just talk about the weekend one that they're gonna have coming up anyways, because we've talked so much about them. But they're going to have play basically three and a half games this weekend against the Braves as well, right after the Giants, because they're picking up a suspended game. Um, I don't know exactly when it's from. I know you could tell us. Yeah, so the, the Braves and Padres had a double header back in, uh, I believe it was July. It was really it was right after the All Star break, because uh, I remember, I believe they had Jock Peterson, but not the other newcomers, and uh, they. Um, it was, you know, they played a, a doubleheader and, and they had a, their second game of the doubleheader was suspended after, you know, the bottom of the fifth. Um, so since it was a doubleheader game, it is a seven inning game. And uh, San Diego leads five to four in that game in the bottom of the fifth. So that'll be interesting to see what happens in that one. But they also play three more. The Braves are the home team in that, you know, that five to four game. And the Padres obviously are playing at home this weekend in the other three. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, you know, that's a huge series for the Braves. Uh, you know, you want to keep track, keep pace. I think the Phillies have the Pirates this weekend. So uh, Braves need to win a couple of those games and, uh, you know, hold on to their lead. And, the, you know, uh, so that, and the Padres obviously at their position they're at right now, they've got to win. So, um you know, they got to win all the games they can. Um, so that's that's going to be a big deal. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, seven games for the Padres this week or six and a half games for them and all six and a half are against division leaders. And, you know, three of them are against the team with the best record in baseball. So um, it's going to be very tough for them. Yeah, it's going to be a really rough week to be a, a Padres fan or even a Padres player. But, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the the Blue Jays and the Rays having three um, this past week, but they're having another three-game series this week. Um, I believe Tampa took that game yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we just got final. Oh, no, it's, it's in the, not it's, final. Bottom yeah. of the ninth. Tampa Bay's outs. down two with two on two out. So. Yeah. Um, but big series for the Blue Jays, which we talked about. You know, they need to beat this Tampa Bay team. Um it's going to be tough because they're leading, but they have to do it if they want the chance in the playoff. Um, Cause as of right now, they're tied for that second wildcard spot. Yeah. The, the blue Jays need to win as many games. I mean, every single game at this point for, for the blue Jays, the Yankees and the Red Sox is extremely important. Um, the, the good news for the blue Jays is their other competition in that wild card play each other this weekend. So one of them is for sure going to lose a game or two. So, um, you know, that that'll that'll help them a lot if they can take care of business in one of those games they'll be uh you know they'll be in good shape but you look at the series right now um you know the 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 blue jays you know they, their offense has got to come alive again they got to keep going uh you know vlad jr is putting up a you know he's putting up an argument for mvp now and in order to win that award he's gonna have to really show out in this last week you know, it could be one of those make-or-break MVP weeks. Um, so we'll see what he's able to do. And, uh, you know, as he goes, the Blue Jays go. So uh, definitely uh, definitely a big, big series uh, there. And, uh, you know, every game, like I say, for the Blue Jays, the rest of the year is extremely important. For, you know, for the Rays, 
you know, just win a couple games and you're the division champion. So, um, you know, obviously you just want to win a game or two here. So, yeah, you really do. Uh, but we can jump over to the Cardinals and Brewers. Uh, they're starting a thing for four. Uh, and I believe, did that start yesterday? It had to, right? Yeah, the Cardinals yeah. took game one yesterday. Um, and they're leading 2 nothing in the bottom of the eighth right now. Yeah, so um, you, you said the card the Cardinals are leading in the bottom of the eighth? Yeah, 2 nothing. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, the Cardinals have that lead. They've got the advantage right now, and they're uh, in the wild card. And, um, you know, that they got a, you know, they, got, they, they have a chance to, I mean, they have a chance to really lock that up if they can win these games. Uh, they're not going to catch the Brewers in the division. Um you know, the Brewers have like a nine game lead or something, but you know, these, these games are way more important for the Cardinals, but uh, you know, any game they can win against a really good team, like the Brewers, especially with the teams behind them, you know, markedly the, the Reds and the, in the, uh, the Reds and the Phillies have an easy opponents. It's not locked all the way up for the, for the Cardinals. So, um, you know, they need to win a couple games against the, you know, the really good Brewers. Uh, but, um, We'll see what happens with um, we'll see what happens with this series. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a very entertaining series, and there's a lot of personal uh, things in the series too. Like you know, Cy Young chase for Corbin Burns. Um, you know, that's that's a big deal. Uh, I don't know if he's pitched already or when he's pitching in the series, but he's got a chance at Cy Young. So putting up a big start to finish the season would be would be big for him. And uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm very entertained by it so far. Um, I'm trying to see when Burns pitch. He doesn't pitch one of the next two. Um, but, I mean, Woodruff, that... Yeah, we're Woodruff pitched tonight. So, so maybe... did I think Burns pitched, pitched Sunday, didn't he? He might have. So, um, But, yeah, either way, uh, definitely a big-time big time series. And, uh, you know, the Brewers have a chance, I believe, have a chance to lock up the division with a win. Yeah, if they, uh, win, if they were to win tonight, they would lock it up. Uh, they they got a... They got to win. Their magic number is three, so they got to oh. win. I their wins two. combined with Cardinals' losses has to equal three. Yeah, so, I thought it was. I thought it was down to two. Yeah, already. so they do have to win two games, but uh, one win would be, you know, that would be pretty much it because the Cardinals aren't winning the rest of their games. And no. The Brewers could potentially clinch the division tomorrow against St. Louis if they can win the game tonight. So yeah. Uh, we have a big series going down between the Mariners and the A's as well. We talked about they're right in that battle for that second wild card, and they're facing each other for three. Yeah, so this is a, this is almost an elimination series to me. Um, you know, the A's and the and the Mariners, whoever whoever wins the series has still got an outside chance, and whoever loses is out. So uh, both of those teams very important. Um, you know, I think that they're probably on the outside looking in regardless, but. Uh, definitely a big deal. If, if one of the teams could sweep that series with the right Ra- Ra- Yankees and Red Sox playing each other, they could maybe still have a chance, but, uh, definitely, definitely an elimination series for whoever loses that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big, big series for them. And like you said, the Yankees and the Red Sox are, are going to play for three, um, this weekend as well. And that's going to, that's, it's going to be a big series for what happens between the Mariners and A's is going to set up who has a real shot to get into that, you know, Sec- that even closer into that second wild card battle when they they face off because they're going to be beaten up on each other and it's going to make that race even even tighter after this weekend. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, you know that's a big deal. Um, 
the 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 that that rivalry is always intense and I tell you what that's going to be one of the most intense weekends in that rivalry regular season wise ever yeah. uh those teams hate each other and I think this year they've been even more hating of each other because the Yankees were supposed to be really good this year and the Red Sox were not supposed to be great so you know a lot of that the Red Sox being better than the Yankees for the majority of the year has irked a lot of Yankees fans so uh We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an entertaining one. Do you know where that series is being played at? I believe it's in Boston. Okay, so um, yeah, me... there's going to be some there's going to be some uh, rowdy fans in Boston then. <laughs> yeah, it is in Boston. So, and Cole pitches Friday night. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, like I said, like we said about the Mariners and A's, I mean, I don't know if it's quite as much of an elimination series there, but it's, it's close, it, you know. Um, and and obviously those two teams playing each other bodes well for the Blue Jays too because yeah. you know they'll pick up ground on one of them if, if they can if they don't get swept so yeah absolutely uh, well we have one more series it's not going to be a massive series um, but it still is noteworthy and that's between the Mets and the Brewers um, for three this weekend it, it's pretty much the Brewers have a chance to lock up the division um, if they don't do it uh, against the Cardinals this week. Um, and then the Mets are, you know, they've been a crap storm all year. They're kind of out of the playoff hunt now at seven and a half back. I did see something today, which I thought was really mind blowing is that they're still going to try and bring back, uh, Thor and DeGrom this season. I mean, that I highly doubt that actually happens. They're, they're talking like DeGrom could try and get two starts, like not full starts, but that, they want to bring him back in some capacity to start a couple games before the season ends. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. I, I saw don't, that today yeah. and it blew my mind. I, I don't know why I yeah, thought, I mean, I, I thought we were already yeah, at the point where DeGrom like was say, shut down. Yeah. Like I say, I highly doubt that's going to happen. I mean, um, you know, if he's healthy, then maybe like, it'd be like a reward for the hard work he's done to get back. If, if you're not worried about it. But I mean, if I'm the Mets, I mean, I just say, Hey, you know, we've been, you know, this team's eliminated. I mean, assuming that they're eliminated at that point, I think they're six games back in the wild card. I mean, in the in the, uh, in the in the division. I know they're like seven and a half back in the wild card, but they're six games back in the division. The Braves have three games remaining against the Diamondbacks. So, you know, the Phillies, if, if the Braves did stumble, the Phillies have three games left against, or two games left against the Orioles, uh, depending on what happens tonight, which... Uh, you know, what's happened tonight is they're in extra innings, but uh, the Mets are losing to the to Boston tonight. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's tough to see the, be tough to see the, um, tough to see the Mets doing that. But, uh, you know, this series is a couple good teams that, that, you know, the Mets have underperformed all year. The Brewers uh, overperformed all year and have been the class of their division and, uh, you know, you might end up seeing a celebration on the field for the Brewers if they can't get it done against the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, they're going to clinch either against the Cardinals or, or this weekend against yeah, the Mets. So no doubt. One way or the other. But so. let's move on to uh, to wrap up the show. We'll go to players. Wanna, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to bring up one more point. We, we've, been, we've been talking about these series of the week on, an awful lot uh, and how important they are, but... Uh, for all the teams in the playoff chase, every series is important. Like we talked about, you know, right now the Braves play the Diamondbacks. The Phillies are playing the Orioles. We talked about the, the Reds' struggles with the Pirates. Um, 
you know, all these series are extremely important, uh, you know, re regardless of your opponent, you know, it, obviously the chances to lose are lower, but it's baseball. And, you know, last night, John Means was pitching for the Orioles and he's a pretty good pitcher. We're going to talk about him in a minute. And, uh, you know, the Phillies dropped a game and that was just a huge loss for them. In fact, the Phillies have been a team that had taken care of the easy teams that or the supposed easy teams. They lost to the Orioles last night. They lost. They got swept in a series by the Diamondbacks. They've lost some games to pretty average teams with that super easy schedule they got left. I mean, the Braves lost a, a series to the Rockies. Um, so, you know, these are some – we talked about the Reds and the Pirates. So these are some series that are really important regardless of who your opponent is. So, um, you know, that's just something to look for too. All these games are important. So, Yeah, we, we don't talk about those games enough. Uh, we really should more, but – we kind of want to bring you guys the best series that we think, you know, they're going to be some of the best games to watch. But like you said, it's still baseball. You still have to go out there and play the game. And, and you know, you can't take anything for granted because, like you said, there's you have to beat the teams that you can beat. And if you don't take care of those games, then do you really deserve to be, you know, yeah. being okay. a, you're calling yourself in the playoff chase or whatever. So Absolutely. But uh, let's now move on to our players of the week. Uh, who do you have for your pitcher this week? So my pitcher this week, I actually um, had a hard time picking my pitcher because a lot of guys have, you know, not been great this week. Um, a lot of guys who have had really good, you know, have, have had two weeks or two start weeks, um, haven't performed in both starts. Uh, but the guy I ended up going with is you Darvish. Uh, you know, you Darvish is a guy who, you know, ever since the, the sticky stuff thing, he has really struggled. Um, and, you know, he's dealt with some injuries as well. That might be, I don't want to blame it on sticky stuff because it might also be partially, you know, the injuries he's had. But um, you look at, um, you know, you look at what he's done on the season and it hadn't been great. But if you look at his last start, he had a good bounce back. He, he had seven innings pitched, um, I believe through nine strikeouts, uh, you know, uh, didn't give up a run, uh, just one walk. So, uh, you know, it was a great start for you, Darvish, maybe getting him back on track. If the, if the Padres are going to make one last, you know, little win streak trying to get to the postseason, they need you, Darvish, to be a large part of that, you know, to win his starts. And that was a uh, that was a good one for, for him to build off of. Yeah, it really was. And, the you know, the Padres really need you, Darvish, to be the old you, Darvish, um, you know, throughout the whole season. He's like you said, he's really struggled since the crackdown. Um but as of late, the past couple starts, he's looked really, you know, kind of back to the old U Darvish self. So that's big for them going into next year. Um, if they're, you know, want to make a, a turnaround on this for sure. Yep. But uh, my pitcher this week is is a guy you just mentioned a little bit ago, and that's John Means uh, from Baltimore Orioles. I know my buddy Hank is gonna he's gonna roast me and cuss me out after he hears me talk about this because he messaged me and said he hates hearing the word sticky stuff. Um, but John Means has really struggled since the sticky stuff cracked down. Um, you know, you look ever since June in July, he had a 509 ERA in August. He had a 561 ERA. Um, and then September he's down to a 220 or 222 ERA, which is really good. And that's helped by his two starts. He had this week, which is 12 and a third innings, uh, eight hits, two earned runs, uh, three walks, 10 strikeouts. Um, 
and I believe his peripherals didn't quite back up his low 146 ERA, but a 332 FIP is not all that bad, although his ex-FIP was 457. Uh, you know, Means was one of the better stories at the beginning of the year and even last year um, with how good he had actually pitched. And the, the Orioles are always looking for somebody to, you know, make them relevant. I mean, Mancini has been a great story for them. Mountcastle has looked very well. Cedric Mullins break out this year. Um, but the pitching staff has really been a place where they haven't had anybody for the past couple years, like look anything remotely close to a major leaguer. Um, so for them to get John means and hopefully he's found a way to, to really pitch effectively now, uh, it's a really good thing. And, and sorry, Hank for, uh, for, for roasting you on the podcast. Yeah. To elaborate a little bit more on John means he also had battle injury. So we don't know exactly how much of his issues after the sticky stuff cracked down were lack of sticky stuff or, or maybe that, right. you know, the injury kind of was at the same time, but um, definitely good to see uh, one of the Orioles starters pitch. Well, they've got a, um, you know, they, they've, they've been a team that for the past decade has really been, you know, very good offensively, but hasn't, has really struggled on the mound with their development. And, uh, you know, obviously the last couple of years, they've, they've been really poor on, at both aspects, but um, they, you know, they need John Means to be a good piece in that rotation going forward, and they can add. They got some really good-looking pitching prospects behind him, like Grayson Rodriguez. So, uh, anytime you can have John Means bounce back like this, you know, he had honestly started to look a little bit like a one-hit wonder from his month early in the season uh, before the before the crackdowns, and you know, he doesn't look like that right now. He's starting to look more like you know, that first month John means. So maybe he can put it back together and keep keep this going into next year. So very, very, very important uh, for the Orioles to have him pitch well. Absolutely it is. Who do you have for your hitter this week? So my hitter this week is going to be uh, a guy who, kind of like you, Darvish, but to a much, much larger level has struggled this year. And uh, I'm honestly shocked. When I looked at the stats from the last week, I was honestly shocked to see his name on here. But it's actually uh, Elvis Andrews. Uh, this week, he hit uh, 579 this week uh, with a 636 on base and a 684 slugging, uh, which is good for a 274 WRC+. Plus. It's a guy who on the season, I didn't hit a home run, but on the season, he has a 73 WRC+. Plus. 245 average, a 293 on base, you know, a sub 300 on base is awful, and a 324 slugging percentage. I mean, he's been really bad at the plate this year. Uh, you know, his defense at shortstop still good enough to, to give him a positive, you know, positive war and everything. But uh, this is a guy who, you know, the A's brought in from Texas where, uh, you know, in the midst of their rebuild to replace Marcus Simeon and, um, it, you know, it's a guy who just a couple years ago had a great season uh, back in uh, 2017. But, um, you know, uh, he since 2017, you know, it's been a struggle for him. But, um, you know, 76, 76, 59 and 73 are his WRC pluses from each season since then. Of course, last year being 29 games. But um, definitely uh, Elvis Andrews, a guy who, you know, you would they hoped to have a bounce back. But. You know, hadn't quite done that, but uh, this week, very solid. So, um, you know, props to him for, you know, sticking it out the whole year. And when the A's need guys the most, he was able to, you know, produce some this week. Yeah, I almost picked Elvis Andrews um, for my player of the week. But then 
I kind of wanted to talk about this guy and his season a little bit on top of the week that he had, but Elvis Andrews was definitely a a good pick. Um, I went with Tyler O'Neill from the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, You know, his past six games this week, he had three homers, 10 runs, 10 RBIs, um, a stolen base, only hit 364 uh, with a 462 on base, but, you know, 234 uh, weighted runs created plus um, this week. And really his season, it's really been a breakout season for him. He's a guy who had you know, really struggled throughout trying to get consistent playing time. I mean, a season high in at plate appearances before this year was 157. He's up at 485 right now, 28 homers, 78 RBI or 78 runs, 66 RBIs, 13 stolen bases. His downfall is that he strikes out a tremendous amount of the time. He doesn't walk that often. Um, he has decent speed, so that helps his uh, his BABIP be a little bit higher than it probably should. But I mean, a four and he's really good defensively. But a four point five uh, WAR on the year, um, and that's with him having a a point six WAR this week. Uh, so really, a, a great week for Tyler O'Neill, but a really a breakout season for him as well. Yeah, it's been very interesting to watch him this year. Um, you know, I think you hit on it pretty nice. Um, you know, four point five WAR is really really good. And, uh, you know, it's a guy who has always been a power speed guy. Um, he's probably the most uh, most physically impressive looking guy in baseball. Just he's absolutely jacked. Um, you know, he's he's somebody who's never missed the weight room, which is which is, you know, helps him out a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, he's able to take that, take his natural, you know, athleticism. And, you know, he, he's a guy who can still improve a lot. I mean, he he's a guy who his strikeouts and walk rates are pretty bad but uh you know the ability to hit for power hit the ball really hard um and and have that speed that that's helped his bad as you said and uh i mean you know 355 on base is nothing to scoff at 140 wrc plus is pretty dang good so you know uh, we'll see what he does going forward you know i don't know if he'll put up a, a 282 batting average season again um a 355 on base season, but he's probably going to keep hitting for power as long as he's in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who, you know, is a real, probably going to be a really solid player going forward. So he's so athletic that he's going to play good outfield defense and run the bases. Well, even if he's average and on base quite as high as it has been this year anyway. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it kind of fun to see him finally get a chance. You know, we've heard about him. He's a highly touted prospect for years, um, and then he came up and struggled to get consistent playing time. And now that he finally has, it's it's fun to see him break out. Like you said, one of the most physically imposing players. Like he's when he's up to bat, you just know that the ball has the potential of going nowhere or going a really really long way. Um, so good for good for Tyler O'Neill on his uh, his season so far. But uh, I think that's gonna wrap up the episode. Unless you have anything else that you wanna you wanna hit on. Yeah, not too much. Um you know, there's a lot of excitement. Um, I think, um, you know, we're going to have teams clinch this week. I'm pretty sure the Brewers will clinch and the White Sox will clinch. The Rays maybe clinch this week. I, I would I would say the Rays probably clinch this week. So you could have three teams, uh, you know, punch their ticket to, well, punch their ticket past the wild card uh, and into the, um, you know, into the division series. The Astros have a chance to clinch this week as well. Um, so... You know, you look at the wild card races. The AL wild card is a very intense race, um, and the the NL East is probably the most intense um, 
you know, out of teams that aren't going to make the play that that potentially could miss the playoffs. Obviously, the NL West is a really intense race, but those teams are both making the playoffs. So, um, and then you look at the, uh, you know, you look at the wild card of the NL, and you know, it's not quite as good as the AL, but there's still a chance for a couple teams to, you know, have a one last stand, one last fantastic week to get themselves back into the picture. So um, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, you know, a couple of really good races. Some teams kind of winding it down some, um, and we'll uh, we'll get our, you know, next week we'll we'll see we'll have a kind of a review on the teams that clinch and look forward to that. And, uh, you know, see what's going on. And next next week's going to be the week that we see some of the most intense baseball of the regular season get played, um, and then obviously the postseason starts after that. So uh, just a couple more weeks until one of the most fun times of the year in. in and Major League Baseball and the postseason starting. Yeah, and if your team is ending any of those postseason games, the most nerve-wracking time of the year, oh, if man. you're a fan. You ain't kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a... I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not at the same time because I'm going to be a nervous wreck. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't imagine being... Regard whichever team loses the the NL West, the, the Dodgers or the or the pod, or the uh, Giants, whichever, whichever one of those teams ends up in the wild card, yeah. I can't imagine the nerves of being a hundred plus win team in the wild card game against yeah. the Cardinals who have devil magic. So, well, who have Adam Wainwright who just decided to like throw eight shutout innings against the Dodgers. Not that long ago. Yeah. Like it, it's just insane. Yeah. What, you know, that, that matchup. And, yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, you know, there's a reason that they kept that. There's a reason that they they did that format that way. That's because, you know, in the past format, the NL, Wild, the NL West race, that division meant nothing. Right. Whoever won the division, meant, it meant nothing except maybe home field. But now, I mean, that that's a huge deal, getting a f- five-game series rather than a one-game series. So, yeah. um, you it's, know, it's very important, and it's it's definitely something that keeps the division races uh, relevant. So Yeah, one thing I, I should have mentioned earlier, one thing, because you're talking about that, um, you know, there, there was a potential that people are saying that they would rather it go to a game 163 um, because then each team, like you have two shots of making it into the playoffs. You got one shot to win the division. And if you lose that game, then you go to the wild card and you have one shot at the wild card then. So you really have two different shots between, you know, getting into the playoffs. Um, and if that were the case, then, you know, that would be, especially for a team like the Dodgers, it would help out because they have, you know, couple different guys that they can throw in there and be perfectly fine with where you go with the giants they're probably going to throw gossman and they're in one of the games and then discofani in the other one if they don't make it um and then you you know like what are you working with if you do make it through to the nlds right um, so you're saying they should have a truce and just say hey we're gonna, no. we're gonna tie we don't have to chase each other anymore we're gonna tie and play one game yeah <laughs> i mean no i mean it it's it's feasible scenario i mean with only one game separating them it, it is very much they could have a game 163 that monday after um that would game would be in san francisco but still you could really see that um you know but it is interesting that it would basically you that team would get two basic shots because sometimes you see one game 163s that are like a wild card game pretty much a winner go home but in this scenario, because they've both already clinched, it would be like you have really two shots to make it into the big, you know, the big field. Uh, so I, right. I thought that was kind of interesting. Right. We had that a few years ago for the Dodgers, didn't we, with, with the um, with the Rockies? Yeah. 
2018. Yeah, yeah. and Bueller yeah. ended up winning that game. Yeah, Bueller was the pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, definitely, um, definitely interesting stuff. Uh, it's gonna be a really fun, uh, fun last couple weeks of the season. Yeah, absolutely, it will be. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in this episode of the Batflip Podcast. I know we rambled on a little bit here uh, at the end, but uh, definitely going to be a couple fun episodes leading up to the playoffs. So hope you guys stay with us and hope to hear you guys' feedback. But until the next episode, catch you guys later. Thanks, everybody.